Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like grape banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hello everybody, how you doing? Congrats on all of it. Just, you're here and that's amazing. I clearly have eaten something uh, in between the last week's episode. I'm recording them back to back. And today's recording that you're listening to right now. And I'm just so much cheerier, you know, so much cheerier. Um, I can't hear you breathing. So we're going to do the mic off when you're not talking. Sorry. <laughs> can't even fucking breathe. Um, uh, I came up with it. So I've been, uh, I was, uh, Colin right. and I went to go running yesterday, which was dumb. I, I, I only lasted like two miles because I hadn't eaten. I was intermittent fasting. I'm like, I running on no calories, not my bag, bag of tea, bag of dicks, whatever. Um, so I, I stopped halfway through and just went home cause I was like, this sucks. <laughs> but, um, I was trying to get myself in the mood to run, even though I didn't want to, I never really want to run, but you know, it's good for you. And at the end, I, re- I don't regret it. I'm glad I did it. Um, and then I was trying to make it funny. I was trying to be funny. So I was, I was just improving, and I hadn't eaten. I was starving, famished, absolutely famished. Um, did it to myself. So it's fine. Um, but I was trying to make it more enjoyable experience. And so I was like, we're going to look hot when we run, Colin. Yeah, we're going to look fucking hot. And then he was laughing. So it was, you know, he didn't know this, but he was egging me on. And so, and then <laughs> I'm like, I want to, I want to teach women how to be hot when they run. I was just fucking improv in the hallway while we were putting on our sneakers. And then I said this line that I was like, this is so funny. I'm like, men love three things, tiny, fat pussies. And and then I started cracking up. Cause I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. And then I filmed True, it as <laughs> <laughs> it is true. I mean, what, can you, what can you say? Men love tiny fat pussies. Um, they they just love it, and I get it. I've seen them. They're and I kind of have one, but like it, they're great. But all pussies are great. So fuck you. It's almost Women's History Month, um, which is March. Um, but yeah, and then I was like, that's so funny. And so uh, I'm working with a woman who's a who's a writer, and uh, we're like, she was helping me write sketches and stuff. And uh, I was like, I want to write the sketch about how to be hot while running. And so we filmed it yesterday and it was so funny. And I said the pussy line and she was like cracking up. And I was like, wow, yay, Christina made it funny. Thank God. It's been a minute. Um, I have big molested energy, but I wasn't molested. Why is that? Apparently two psychics told me I was molested. When one psychic tells you you're molested, you're like, this is a crock of shit. But when two psychics tell you you were molested a year apart, you're like, eh, maybe there's something to that. Um, but who knows? I'll never know, really, unless they admit it. Come forward, my molester. There are so many people that were molested. I don't think... Were you molested, Mike? Uh, not that I know of. Okay, cool. Sweet. You're probably, so probably not. You seem pretty even keeled. Uh, I'm more of a loose cannon, but that's probably for other reasons, too. Um, I would say like 65% of my friends were molested. Like, really, that's probably probably more than that. Probably 70. Let's go up five more percent. There's a lot of people that were molested. Um, and it's not good. It's not great. It's like there's all the, you know, in the Atlanta airport, there's these signs in the women's bathroom. I don't know if they're in the men's bathroom, too, I imagine. Um, but it's like if you're being trafficked, if you're here being trafficked because Atlanta airport's a big trafficking hub. Cute. Let's traffic people and children. Yum. Um, you know, call for help. 
you know, there's like a thing. And I mean, I imagine if you're being trafficked, you don't got a cell phone, but uh, hopefully you do. Maybe you do. And uh, but there should be a thing in every bathroom ever. Just like, hey, were you molested? That sucks. A lot of people were. Do you want help with it for free? That's where I want my tax dollars to go. Not annihilating people overseas, obliterating their physical bodies with blood bomb with bombs and shit. Uh, I'd rather not my tax dollars go there. How about they go to free therapy for everybody who was molested? Thank you. That is a good idea. Thank you. I am Mother Teresa. Thank you. Oh, let's do it again. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Thank you. I'm such a good person. But, like, seriously, because you know what? If if the people that were molested got therapy that actually helped them, there'd be less shitheads in the world. Because when you have trauma that's unresolved, a lot of times you act like a piece of shit. We've, I've been there. I've been there, my friend. So there we go. That's how we make the world a better place. I don't want to pay to bomb people, okay? Rather not. I want you to fix the potholes, Mayor Adams, and I want you to give free therapy to everybody who was molested, okay? What a radical idea. Wow. Um, but yeah, I have molested energy because I'm just like, hey, what's up? I told I told the girl that I'm working with, uh, writing with, Haley, I was like, I'm horny for love. And then she was like, that's so sad. She said like she because she I could tell she resonated with it. She wasn't making fun of me, but she was like uh, she she resonated with it in a way that I don't think she liked. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I'm horny for love. Um, big molested energy. Horny for love. Um, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to work on my next. I am working on my next stand up comedy hour um, about what I want to talk about. And I want to talk about um, I want to talk a lot about human behavior, um, you know, and uh, a certain. Uh, like narcissism and stuff. Cause I feel like we, we do talk about these, these traits a lot. We say, we say the word narcissist. It does get thrown around, but I gotta say a lot of motherfuckers acting like it. Stop acting like it. Stop saying it. Okay. Mm, it's cause and effect. Learn about it. Um, but of course, you know, most of these people are not actually textbook narcissists. They just have like narcissistic tendencies. And according to all the Instagram accounts that I follow about narcissism, I'm right. And they're all wrong. I wish I was a narcissist. I'd be way further along in my career. Um, but people, one of the things I want to call out artfully, skillfully, you know, is people who project. And I do it. So I'm not, I'm not above any of these things I'm talking about, by the way. It's a human behavior. But people, proje- like I, people be projecting, man. And projecting, I guess, is usually when there's something... Like, you haven't healed something about yourself, clearly, is why you're doing it. But, like, there's been, I mean, I've certainly had it done to me a lot. I'm sure I've done it to many people over the years. Um, Sorry about that, by the way. I don't recall, but I know I did it. I'm a person. And I've been wounded. Um, But I've, like, I have had a couple friends tell me about a friend breakup that they've had. And they're telling me that this friend, like, one of my friends, she was like, yeah. And then she was screaming at me in the car. And she was yelling things, but they were all things that she was doing and I wasn't doing at all. But she was yelling at me for doing them, but she was doing them. And it's like, yo, that is a special kind of hell. Okay. That is, and I've been there. I've been on the other end of that. And before I knew what projecting was, that's why you got to get these tools in your tool belts. Okay. Uh, I didn't know what projecting was for a long time. So when people would do it, I'd be like, wait, I'd just be confused. Cause I'm like, why are you saying 
that I'm doing something I'm not. Or the worst, oh, the one that I hate. Oh, my, my old friend used to do this. She would say, you think I'm dumb, for example. I don't know if that's exactly something she said. But like, she would say something that negative that I think about her. It's not at all what I thought about her. And I wish I knew what projecting was. Because the next time she would be like, Christina, you think I'm dumb? I would be like, no, you think you're dumb. And then I do the moonwalk out of the room and never talk to her again. She'd probably be too pissed that I said that to her. Um, but like, there's just, we got to stop the projecting. Oh my God. Oh my God. Just, just stop. Okay. There we go. Problem solved. Wow. I'm really, I'm really improving things. Um, and I think a lot, I think my generation of person, I am a millennial. I think millennials' parents, a lot of them, I'm making a generalization, so it's clearly not going to be 100% accurate, uh, not even close to 100%, but a lot, I feel like a lot of parents of millennials, of us millennials, had us to feel better about themselves because the amount of stories I hear from my friends who are millennials generationally about their parents criticizing them, like incessantly criticizing them. These people, they're fucking in their 30s and 40s and their parents are just annihilating, eviscerating them. Like criticizing their weight, criticizing what they're wearing, criticizing, oh, I guess I'm never going to have kids. You bitch, if you ever, don't ever fucking say that to me, okay? Because guess what? Now I'm not going to have kids to spite you. And I'm going to be very happy about that decision because spite, it's what's for dinner. It's a lot of fuel, okay? I love spite when it's deserved, which it always is. Um, but the amount of friends in my life currently that are, that will tell me things that their parents actively currently say to them. And these people are in their thirties and forties. I'm like, it's like the parents are trying not to have a free caretaker at the end of their life. I'm not saying we're going to be your free caretaker for the end of your life, but I'm at least saying we'll fucking visit you and we'll make sure you get a home. That's the, the least worst, you know, we'll fuck it. We got your back, but it's like this incessant criticism. I'm like, bro, I get that your mom and dad were shittier to you than you were to me. That's awesome. That's that's how it works, right? And we're and I'm going to be if I have kids, way less shitty to them. I'll still be shitty cuz I'm a person and I've been wounded and I've worked on it, but still that shit comes up. I don't I don't know. I know I'm going to make mistakes. If I'm if I become a parent, I'm going to make mistakes, throw mistakes around like they're dollar bills at a strip club, okay? Um and I get that. I get that your parents sucked, but that doesn't mean, guess what, mom? My parents kind of sucked too. But am I taking it out on you? No. Am I taking it out on you? N-O. No. I'm not. So don't take yours out on me. Capiche? Okay? But man, a, like three of my close friends right now, they're telling me things that their parents say to them actively like this week about their life decisions, about their career, about their weight. I'm like, get shut. How about you shut the fuck up? What are you doing with your life? And even if you are doing something amazing that you think warrants you criticizing your kid like that, go fuck yourself. Why? There's a lot of people in the millennial space generation. I don't know why I said space. That was dumb. Uh, that have parents that have these like narcissistic tendencies. Like they're just super selfish. And, and two of my friends that I'm that I was talking to yesterday, 
their parent is, woof. I mean, it's kind of textbook. I'm not going to diagnose it, but I'm like, yeah, all the things of all the books I've read, that's, that's what they're doing and saying. Um, but I was having a talk with one of my friends. I'm like, why, why? Like, what is this parents? What is your parents deal? And I mean, look, I got it from my parents too. Stop talking to them. That's not why I stopped talking to them. I, it was a bunch of reasons. That's certainly one of them. Um, but that's certainly, you know, that's not the only reason. It's not the front and center reason either. But I stopped talking to him so I don't get that criticism. So now it's so nice. And I will say, my God, did that criticism, it raped my inner peace. It raped it, okay? My inner peace was raped by all that stuff. So that's why I, I, I'm like, I can't, I, I need to love you from afar. And I will, and I do, and it's great. And I feel so good. But when my, my friends will tell me these stories about the things that their parents say to them, I'm like, because I haven't had to deal with it for two years, so happy about that. It's so jarring to hear it. I'm like, why would a parent say that? That is awful. That's awful. They're just, it's like, they're trying to chip away at your self-esteem. And I'm like, I feel like a lot of parents had us to feel better about themselves. Maybe not openly, maybe not outwardly, but that was like a secret thing. Because one of the things about kids that I'm, that I, I kind of already knew, but I was reading an article about, about this specifically that I really, it really, it really nailed did the last nail in the coffin for like, oh, okay, so maybe, maybe this is what's happening. Children up to age six or seven, a lot of times up to age 10, they adore their parents. They're obsessed with their parents. As long as the parent isn't abusive, although sometimes they can adore their parents who are abusive, that's a whole different category of thing. But if the parent's not abusive, like, you know, out like really intensely abusive. I mean, I feel like every parent can be abusive at some point. We have our moments. But um, the parents that were like children idolize their parents. They think their parent is God. And I remember when I was in therapy with uh, the, the trauma specialist therapist that I saw that I ended up seeing like two days a week when I was having that mental breakdown. And then I was like, I can't I can't see you anymore. I got to stop. Um, but she was saying, you know, when you're a child, your parent is God, your parent, you're in awe that your parent can get you from point A to point B. You're in awe that you you manage to have all your needs bet because your parent meets them for you and you love them and you, you know, and it, but this is, it's this beautiful relationship that you really put your parent on a pedestal from uh, up until around age six, it starts to fade around age six. But I can't imagine like a, a parent that has t- a tendency towards narcissism, um, which is a response. Narcissism is a response. You're not just born that way. I think you could be, you definitely be born a sociopath. But a narcissist seems to be more of a response to like some shitty circumstances. Regardless, a lot of us have been through shitty circumstances and we're not narcissists. And to that I say, yay, good for us, huh? But I'm like, I think that you, these parents were so like they relished, I mean, what parent wouldn't regardless of their child idolizing them. Like my fucking brother, his, oh, I love him so much. His son, my wonderful nephew, he idolizes my brother. And it's so cute. Oh my God, I love watching it. He loves the 49ers because my brother loves the 49ers and they're in the Super. I don't know if they won yet. I'm recording this episode a week early. Um, But I'm going to go down, I'm going to drive down with Kevin to hang out and watch the Super Bowl with my brother and Brantley because Brantley's so excited about the 49ers and he gets really into it. And it's just so sweet because growing up as a kid, 
My brother's eight years older than me. He always loved the 49ers. I just grew up knowing who the 49ers were because my brother just idolized that and loved them, had, had the decor, all of it. And so it's really cute to watch his son also idolized because his dad loves it. Like, that's so fucking sweet. Oh, my God. So sweet. So but I know that in the wrong hands, that kind of admiration, it's not good. You know, I mean, the kid isn't doing anything wrong, but I feel like the parent gets real used to that. And then when you start becoming a teenager, you certainly a lot of teenagers do not idolize their parents. You have a lot of hormones going on, a lot of stress going on, especially if you're a teenager now with social media. I my Godspeed, my friends. Okay, you are heroes right now, teenagers of today. I really applaud you and commend you for not killing yourself. I really do. Uh, you are dealing with a lot of pressure and you get a lot of shit from everybody and it's not fair. Um, but when, you know, when you're a teenager, you have to deal with all that shit. You have to, you deal with hormones. You deal with, you know, sometimes the most important thing when you're a teenager is being popular. Who likes you and who doesn't like you? It means a lot. And you're not idolizing your parents. And boy, parents don't like that. Um, not every parent, but man, when if you... Like copying an attitude, I feel like there's so many times in, when I was a kid, when I was like 12, 13, where I was just grumpy. I would be grumpy about something. I'm like, I don't want to do it. And, he's, and my dad would be like, oh, you have an attitude? And I just, and I would just think of the home videos that I've had, that my family owns, that I've watched my whole life because I'm obsessed with how cute I was as a child. Fun fact about me. I really just was so cute and wonderful and charming. Um, but I've always watched my home videos. I just thought, because I thought they were really sweet. And I'm like, bitch. I would be grumpy when I was four and you thought it was adorable. Okay. I don't like this. I don't like this whole, I'm not cute anymore. And I don't think you're the shit anymore. So you're mean to me. No, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to sign up for that. Sign me out. Sign me out. But I wonder, I wonder if that hits a parent that leans towards having narcissistic tendencies. And I'm thinking of my friends, <laughs> my friend's parent, um, specifically. Uh, I wonder if that is a thing. I wonder if that's like a part of it. Um, because of the way that children idolize their parents. I'm like, oh, shit. A, a person with a personality disorder who has a child that idolizes him or her, mm, that feels dangerous, you know? That's why I think not everybody should have kids, but we can, and we're not going to put laws against who can and cannot have a kid because we shouldn't do that because that's not good. But a lot of these motherfuckers having kids to feel better about themselves or to fix their marriage. Two bad reasons. Okay? Um... All right, tiny fat pussies. Talked about that. Oh yeah, parents who criticize. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is this is kind of fucked up, but I mean it. Um, <laughs> I feel I want to write a joke about this, but this is a, it's about a serious subject. Uh, but I think comedy is the most important thing to apply to very serious subjects because it's how we fucking heal. Some people aren't ready to laugh at certain things. Um, that's okay. If that's your journey, boo. But if I'm ready to laugh about it, I'm going to laugh about it. Okay. Um, I wrote, you can tell which person at the dog park has an unresolved sexual trauma by the way that they scream at a dog for humping their dog. Um, that was just an observation I made the other day because a lot of owners will scream at their dogs for humping um, at the dog park, which my good friend Justin Silver, who's a dog trainer, has always said, just let them hump. As long as no dogs being hurt, it's an animal instinct, just let them hump. And that's why with Kevin, I brought him, I purchased him a llama from CVS that's twice his size because I know it's going to be his new girlfriend and he wants a, he wants a little, a little bitch to hang out with. And um, and he humps it all day and all night. And I just I remind myself of what Justin said. Just let him hump. It's fine. 
you know, and if a dog's trying to hunt my dog at the park, I look to make sure Ke- Kevin's annoyed. He'll ru- he'll run away. He's fine. He can take care of himself. You know, the mama bear in me is like, don't you fucking touch my baby. I'll kill you. But the logical, more present part of me is like, if Kevin's not being hurt or bothered by it, it's fine. Like just hump. Um, and also in my head, I'm also like, hey, that's revenge, bitch. Because all you do is hump, hump, hump. Now you acting like you don't like it. Oh, maybe it's uncomfortable. Maybe it's, it's uncomfortable to watch for me. But do I say anything? No. So. But yeah, there was there was a guy, there was a person, there was a couple people over the over the past few weeks that their dog was getting humped by another dog. And it didn't seem like any dog was suffering. And the owner of the dog freaked out and was like, you need to control your animal. And I was like, oh, oh, I think you got unresolved trauma. Like it, I like I saw it immediately. Am I psychic? No, I've just read a lot of self-help books and I've been triggered often in public and it is not fun. It's not fun. I hate losing my shit in public. Oh, I've done it so many times. And I pr- like, I just, ugh, it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks. There is things you could do about it because I don't know if you were here for when I read that book, How We Live is How We Die. But, uh, you know, just feeling into those uncomfortable emotions and realizing that at the end of this ice, after it melts, it's a beautiful flow of water. That's this opposite emotion of the terrible one you feel. And they're connected. Okay. All right. So I asked before I before I started recording today, because I knew I had to record two episodes. I was like, does anybody have any fuckboy theater um, uh, screenshots? And does anybody have a question they want to ask me or something? I don't know. Just I need content. And so a, a woman DM'd me. Um, it's a long one. And I'm going to read it. I, I, I just copy and pasted it in my notes section. So I don't really know what it says. But I've seen it. I saw a couple of sentences. So I'm like, okay, I, I know the topic. Um, so she just emailed me this question. So I'm going to read it and I'm going to answer it, you know, cause that's how that works. My boyfriend and I argue all the time. Dump them. Uh, I th- I'm probably going to say that at the end too. I think I've had enough. Good girl. That's your gut. That's your gut speaking. I, when people write us, write me, write us. And they say, I think, I think it's time to, I think it's time to go. That is your gut saying it's time to go. Okay. So don't, don't, give that feeling more respect than you do. Okay. Just, just do that. Okay. My boyfriend and I argue all the time. I think I've had enough. When he gets upset, he starts to be so mean, saying things like, shut the fuck up. You're dumb, dude. Ew. I hate him. Get out of my fucking face. Fuck off. Okay. Well, we don't talk to anybody that we love like that or anybody ever because that's fucking rude. And I'm sure your boyfriend has unresolved uh, trauma, but is that your problem? No. No, no, it's because it's his problem. Okay. Normally these things are being yelled towards me. Never do I ever use curse words towards him. So I get so confused on why he talks to me like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm imagining it's unresolved trauma, but again, that's not your issue. That is not love. And that is certainly not respect. No one should talk to you like that. Okay. My parents, not even uh, family or friends have ever talked to me like this. Well, that's good. Um, but it's not good that he talks to you like that. He always says I disrespect him or have no respect for him. Okay, so I didn't re- I didn't read this part yet. Remember when I was talking earlier about re- projection? Houston, he has no respect for himself or you. Over. When he yells, I tend to block him out and kind of freeze. Yep, fight, fight, or freeze, baby. Although I still hear what he's saying. I sit still. That makes sense. That's the trauma. That's the, yeah. When people, I've been yelled at, I mean, certainly as a kid. Um, 
Have I been yelled? Yeah, I've, I've been yelled at as an adult. And I, yeah, I do the same thing. I freeze because I'm like, what? And then after I freeze, punch him in the face. No, I don't do that. I wish. I do that in my head. No, I don't wish because violence isn't the answer. <laughs> Whatever. And he'll ask me rhetorical questions and try to force an answer out of me. But I just sit there in silence. This really aggravates him. And he gets even more mad. Oh, I hate that shit. One time we were in the car driving on the highway. Luckily at night, no one was no one was really out. And I wouldn't answer him. So he stomped on the brakes. Ew. Okay, this guy, dangerous. I don't like him. Oh, I didn't like him anyway. My body reacts and I turn my head to look at him in shock at what he just did. And he says, now you want to look at me? Oh my God, dude. Girl, girl, this guy sucks. He sucks. He sucks. We're going to dump him. I'll do it with you. He yells at me that I don't respect him. I don't want to look at him in the eye when he's talking to me, but I just can't. He says I provoke him on purpose. No, he provokes himself. But there has been uh, other times where he pokes me or nudges at me with his hand trying to get me to answer. Even a time when he was hitting the seat with his hand to get my attention. Ew. Okay. I feel like his father hit him. There we go. Wow. Cool. Cool, a lot of people's dads hit them, but they don't act like pieces of shit to their girlfriends, okay? It's possible. Another time, we were arguing. I walked away to the restroom while he was yelling so I could just be alone. We live in a small studio apartment. Oh, that's terrible. Small studio with this piece of shit. And he comes to the door to keep me from closing it and puts a fist in the door, making a small crack in the wooden door. Hell no, hell no. Don't like that at all. That means he could punch you in the fucking face. And that means he's capable of killing you. And that's not a joke. I don't know why, but I think I want it to go further. I want him to hurt me so I can prove to him how bad of a person he is. He already knows, and that's why he's acting like this. Spoiler alert. But I'm putting my safety at risk, uh, and I'm even a little scared it could go far. Yes, me too. So don't do that. Well, I'm gonna Okay, I'm going to like actually DM you back and not just wait for you to hear this. Uh, well, it actually has, but I guess I'm thinking it could be worse. On December 19th at Christmas, uh, Christmas party, I got too drunk and turned emotional, crying hysterically all over the place. Yeah, it's probably because you're dating a piece of garbage um, who's manipulative and abusive. To be honest, I don't even remember getting home or much of how this incident even happened. But I remember being home, sitting in the bed, and my hand is hurting while I'm crying, and I look to see it swollen like a ball. I couldn't move. I became furious, wanting to leave. He grabs me and eventually chokes me. Then I grab his throat and choke him. I mean, self-defense. Yeah. I ended up calming down and we fall asleep. And then I get up to leave, take my keys and leave. I slept in my truck for one day, but decided to go, uh, go to his BM to talk. BM. I don't know what that means. Uh, she told me he's done worse. BM. What's BM? Go to his BM to talk. Uh, She's told me he done, he's done worse. What ex-girlfriend? I don't know who that is. I don't know who BM is. I ended up getting an x-ray and turned out I broke my hand. It's healed mostly. However, when I talk about that night, I think, why am I still here? Why do I think he's going to change? Am I the problem? Will it get better? Why do I continue to have hope for him? Because I got to tell you a little secret. I think more than sugar and more than heroin and more than cigarettes and more than alcohol, one of the most addictive things is hope. Yeah, I'll say so. Hope is addicting and we get sold it. So you're not dumb. You know, it's 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 you're and I know you're confused by this, 
it is confu- it's, it has to be confusing for you. But like I've been in not this situation, but like situations where I'm like, what the f- I know I need to stop talking to this person. Why do I what? I'll go more into that in a minute. Why do I continue to have hope for him? Um, also, too, I will add. Well, hold on. There's only one more sentence. I started this post as an emotional abuse. Oh, yeah, because she said she posted this on Reddit. Um, but she just she's like, I'm just going to copy and paste it to you to see what you think. Um, hope is addicted, is addicting. But I also think, and I really do think this, and, you know, I could see a therapist telling me, like, you're just making excuses for an abuser. No, it's not if you don't stay with the person. But I do think it's possible to see somebody who is highly abusive or, uh, you know, somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder or somebody who's somebody who's a murderer, somebody who's whatever, somebody who does terrible things. And I think it's really possible if you love them. Uh, well, even though that's not love. Um, that you can see the best in them and they are so far from seeing the best in themselves and they might never get through this life without ever seeing the best in themselves. And that's a real shame. And it's probably a huge reason why they're acting that way. And yes, there's reasons why they act that way. But I'll say it once and I'll say it a thousand trillion more times. Just because you were abused or had trauma doesn't mean that you get to be a piece of shit to other people. Okay. Because you don't. You don't. It's not an excuse. I, maybe his dad molested him. That's terrible. That's awful. And he needs to find appropriate help. Appropriate help. People that can actually help him and help him deal with this. Because it's, it's got to be, maybe he blocked it out. Maybe his child, maybe his child brain did what a lot of child, child brains do. And they just block it out for their own survival. That makes all the sense in the world. But guess what? This is his cross to bear. Is that the right phrase? Burden to bear? Burn cross, cross, yes. cross to bear. All right. I'm not religious, clearly. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I think I'm using that right, but I'll be really embarrassed if I wasn't. So I need to make sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I So I think you. why do I continue to have hope for him? Because hope is addicting. I don't know what your childhood was like, but if you had. Well, no, you said your parents never talked to you that way. So I, I imagine you didn't experience this type of treatment. Oh, so in that case. Because I was going to say, if you did, then it's comfortable and you don't know right away that it's wrong. But it seems like you know right away because you weren't treated like this. Because you, you said earlier, no one's ever talked to you like that. So it is jarring. I think a couple things here. Sometimes somebody will do something so fucking audacious and awful that it's just shocking that somebody would do that. You're like, wait, what? Wait, huh? Did you just do that? Like, it's just, it doesn't set in that the person did or said the thing until way later. Because you're like, that's not what? Like some people's behavior is mad confusing. Um, and this is really confusing behavior. Why would you treat somebody you love like that? That's, that doesn't, it's disgusting. It's awful. And it's abusive. Um, so why do I have hope for him that seeing the best in him, you might see the best of him. You might see parts of him that are beautiful and lovely, but too bad because these other parts that are abusive towards you and towards him, they're, they're only going to get worse. Um, he needs help. Um, Am I the problem? You're not the problem, but um, I talked about, I've talked about this near-death experience video I've watched a lot with this woman who died. She was being uh, physically and emotionally abused by her husband. She died medically because her husband injured her because her husband didn't beat her, but he threw something at her. And uh, in this state of between life and death, when she was talking to her like spirit guy, she didn't know who they were. I don't, I don't know who they were because I, I mean, I've, apparently I have died before, but I don't remember it. Um, but she was she was having this conversation with some like wise angel person uh, while she was medically dead. 
And she was like, oh my God, he's not the one who needs to change. My abusive husband is not the one who needs to change. I am the one who needs to change. And I was like, well, goddamn, that's really powerful. And uh, I think that when people stay with people that are abusive, it's really confusing, but there's all kinds of psychological reasonings behind it. Cool. Okay, great. But change it. Change it. Leave the person. So to you, I say, writer, that he's not the one who needs to change. You are the one who needs to change. And by that, I mean, you just got to leave the relationship. It doesn't seem like if you weren't treated this way uh, ever in your life until this person, first of all, that's great. Uh, second of all, yeah, it's just the shock of the shock of that has got to be. It, I, I imagine part of you doesn't want to believe that the person did that because it's like, well, I, but I know I see all these beautiful parts of you. Why? What? Like the part of you that punches a wall or chokes me and grabs me by the throat is not at all the person I love and fell in love with and know and adore. And uh, that's really jarring. People have a lot of sides to themselves. And some of those sides fucking suck. Okay. So I hope I'm going to DM you. But I also hope that you hear this. And I also hope that you leave that piece of shit. And also, well, I'm not going to prank call him because I don't like prank calling abusive men because then I feel like they're going to kill the person. I don't know. Just I don't trust it. Um, so how long have I been doing, Michael? 32. Wow. Is this is this the episode that comes out on my birthday? The 19th? No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because it comes out on Monday. Oh, it stays my birthday. So, huh. Um, I'm 36. I'm thirty. I'm thirty. I'm thirty. No, no. Okay, so I bought this book when I was uh, staying at the Plaza Hotel, New York's exciting most, uh, New York's most exciting hotel experience, because Corinne Fisher got me for a birthday and Christmas a, a Home Alone Two package at the Plaza Hotel, and it was so fun. And at the Plaza Hotel, they have this really cool gift store called. It's not pronounced Asseline, but that's how it's that's how it looks. A S S O U L I N E. I don't think it's pronounced that. They probably pronounce it like French and shit. Also, I love French people. Ugh. You guys, you you French people, you're kind of like cunty and don't care. And you smoke so many cigarettes and you eat bread, but you're so like thin and you eat so much bread. And I'm and you just you're like, ugh. And I love it. I just think it's so cool. It's so foreign to me. I just think French people got a cool thing going on, you know? Um but this book, uh, it was all these beautiful, this publisher just says these gorgeous, like kind of coffee table style books. This book has a yellow smiley face on it. So it grabbed my attention because I was like, "Ooh, happy shit. And it's just 50 years of good news. And I'll just read some of the stories. I'll just flip randomly. This one I saw and I was like, oh, I'll read this because it's still February. It's Black History Month. 1990, Nelson Mandela freed from prison. This is just a book of like good things that have happened. I mean, it wasn't good that he was in prison, but very good that he was freed from prison. Nelson Mandela's release from prison marked a major milestone for South Africa as it came during a time of great progress for the country, taking steps to move away from apartheid. The afternoon of his release was a grand moment of celebration in Cape Town. And he first he gave his first speech as a free man and led the way to ending racial segregation in South Africa. Is race is there still racial segregation in South Africa? I don't I'm asking that. I don't know. I would I would I'm gonna guess by the world's track record and humanity's track record? Probably. I hope not. Ooh, the Gulabi Gang, a movement for justice for women in India is formed with a central mission to protect women from abuse in 2006. 
protect women from abuse and fight corruption. The Gulabi Gang is a, ooh, a vigilante group. I fucking love a vigilante group so much. I love that for us. Of women. Oh, and of women, even better. Between the ages of 18 and 60. Yo, bitch, you 60 in a vigilante group in India? I love you. Uh, donning pink saris and wielding sticks to confront abusers across India. Oh, hell yeah, girls, ladies, women. The group empowers women and keeps a watch on their local communities fighting instances of social injustice. Oh, well, that's fucking cool. Okay. In 2016, speaking of France, France passes law to fight food waste. 2016 seems kind of late, but okay. France adapted a new law in 2016 that made it the first country in the world. This is the first time a country's doing this is in 2016. Guys, we got to be better to ban supermarkets from throwing away or destroying unsold food. That's just that. Yeah, that should have happened. That should have always happened. Oh, my God. You guys. Instead, they are only allowed to donate it to charities, food banks and other non-governmental organizations. As it should. Unless it's expired, then no one can eat it because it's not good for you. But like, Jesus Christ, throwing it away. Fuck you. But not in France. This law only helps. This law not only helps getting food to those who need it, but also minimizes the harmful greenhouse emissions from food that end up in landfills. Yeah. I waste a lot of food. It's not good. 28. Oh, Jesus. This is too late. 2018. Women gain right to drive in Saudi Arabia. Fuck. 2018. This is good, but should have been a lot sooner. But okay. Hey, progress is progress. Just should have been done sooner. But hey, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, lifted the ban. Oh, there's a ban on it? Fuck you. On female drivers during the first year of his regime. Okay. Okay, crown prince. Okay, crown prince. You deserve a blowjob for that. More than 120,000 women applied for their first driver's license uh, the day the ban was lifted as they finally took a seat behind the wheel instead of relying on private chauffeurs. I mean, private chauffeurs sounds awesome, but also fuck you for taking away their freedom. But also not fuck you, prince, for giving it back. Um, but I will say I got I, now I have this image in my head of all these women who've never drove and driven before. And then they're just behind the wheel and they're like crashing into shit because driving is scary. and It's hard. It's not hard. It's it's difficult. If you're not used to the car, it's terrifying. So kick, 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 stay with it, ladies. I can just see like the prince, the crown prince lifting the ban and then all these women get permits and then, you know, they're new. So if they if you if you don't know what you're doing yet and they drive weird and he's like, see, women can't drive. And it's like, bitch, you didn't give him a shot. You got to give him a chance. I'm not saying that happened. It didn't. I'm just in my head. That's the comedy sketch. You know. Oh, 2009. Again, these things are happening way too late, but it's great that they're happening. Young boy recognizes similarities with President Barack Obama in a touching moment that symbolized the echoing effects of electing the president, the United States first black president, five year old Jacob Philadelphia. Whoa, this kid's name's Jacob Philadelphia. I'm going to look you up on the Internet later. That's fucking cool. What a great name. Jacob Philadelphia, that's a great name, asked President Obama if they had the same type of hair during a visit to the Oval Office. Oh, my God. Without hesitation, the president bent down for Jacob to touch his hair, who remarked, yes, it does feel the same. That's fucking beautiful, Jacob Philadelphia. Oh, this fucking kid's cool, too. Everything's impossible until somebody does it. 2013, Bat Kid transformed San Francisco for Make-A-Wish. I saw this video. I f- oh, my God. I cried so hard. Cancer survival, uh, survivor Miles Scott 
became Bat Kid for a day when he was wished to be Batman's sidekick through a Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, you know what? If I, like, people always ask, what would you do if you didn't do comedy? And I always say interior design, but honestly, I want to work for Make-A-Wish. The, could you imagine? You just get to, a sick child wants to be Batman's sidekick and you fucking make it happen and you get to witness that child light up. Oh my God. Oh, I would do it for free. When the requests went out, thousands of volunteers, city officials, and supporters turned San Francisco into Gotham City for a day as Batkid took part in several pre-planned crime scenarios. Oh my God, that's so cute. He ended his day of crime fighting uh, by receiving the key to the city of San Francisco from Mayor Ed Lee. That's cute. And then one other one. Just one more. Just give me a second, fucking bitch. Did I, did I bookmark that one? I'll do this one. Oh, wait. Yeah, I did. I was like, I thought I bookmarked one. It's a good book. I got to read it more. 2018. Again, too late for what I'm about to say, but hey, it's okay. Iceland becomes first country to enforce equal pay across genders. <laughs> How is this in 2018 and not in all longer time ago? Uh, the new law requires companies to prove that they pay all their employees fairly without gender discrimination. And if companies fail to comply, they have to pay a daily fine. The law is the first of its kind in the world. Oh, Jesus Christ. We need more. Can you, can more countries do this so that there's not, they're not the only ones being good and covers both the public and private sectors. Well, goddamn, that was easy. They just passed the bill and now it's the bill. And I probably they probably get mad money on fines. Use that for your tax dollars, America. How about you fine all the companies that are paying that are not paying equally across the genders? Transgender, female, non-binary, male, they're all of them. You dock them, you fine them. Look at all the money you have to fill the potholes cuz you're certainly not doing it with my tax dollars cuz I drove here and I spilled my coffee. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the voices in our heads. Um, your girl, Christina Hutchinson, I think it's really cool that you have not killed yourself. Uh, congratulations. Earth, Earth is hard, but we got it. We got it one day at a time, baby. Brick by brick. Thank you.